On May 1, 1865, the special funeral train festooned with black crepe that was carrying Abraham Lincoln's body from the nation's capital to Springfield, Illinois, reached Chicago. At every stop along its slow journey, thousands of Americans gathered, heads bowed, grieving for the assassinated president. The public mourning was unprecedented. The death of no other leader in the nation's history had evoked such a mass reaction. Sudden, unexpected, the shooting of Lincoln, even after four years of cruel, bloody civil war, shattered people in the North. Everyone, it seemed, shared in the loss. It was as though a family member had died. In Chicago, 50,000 persons escorted the hearse bearing Lincoln's coffin to the Cook County Courthouse, and twice that many witnessed the somber cortege as it made its way through the streets. That night and the next day, 125,000 people, it was estimated, filed by the beer inside the building to pay their respects to Lincoln. For many Chicagoans, that memory lingered. Now, almost 40 years later, all Chicagoans bore another grief, stunned by the enormity of the Iroquois disaster. The city, the Chicago Record Herald said, had become a house of woe. It seemed as if almost everyone was related to or knew one of the victims, or, if they weren't related or weren't even an acquaintance, they were shocked by the number of victims, particularly by how many women and children were involved. To citizens who had weathered the Great Fire of 1871, or the Lesser One in 1874, it was unbelievable that a disaster on the scale of the Iroquois Theater fire could occur within a city that had, supposedly, learned a lesson about catastrophes. Never before, and never since, have so many persons been killed in a fire in America. In terms of the toll of human lives, the Iroquois Theater fire was, and still is, the worst fire in the nation's history. In all, 602 men, women, and children died as a result of the conflagration. The toll was so extraordinary that the Cook County Coroner's Office, too overwhelmed to perform a post-mortem on every individual, took the expedient of declaring that, no matter how badly burned or mauled the victims were, they all had died of asphyxiation. An initial list of victims, prepared by the office of Coroner John Traeger in the latter part of January 1904, before more than thirty more victims died of their injuries in hospitals, bears the names of 570 individuals. Most, 300, were Chicago residents, but the rest came from as many as 12 states other than Illinois, and as many as 85 other cities and towns, mostly in the Midwest. As might be expected, they represented a cross-section of the holiday matinee audience. Of them, 420 were female, 150 male. By far the largest number of the total number of dead, 201, were boys and girls, most of them nine years old or older, though there were more than a handful of victims in each age group between three years and eight years. As many as 25 of the children 
were only 14 years old, 24 were 17, and 23 were 12. The next largest segment of the dead were housewives, 147 of them in all, most of whom were between 30 and 40 years old. According to the coroner's list, the youngest person to die was a girl of two years, the oldest a man of 76.